0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, welcome into Lockdown Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Sometimes during a 162-game season, you have those games that just don't provide you with a whole lot of content. A 5-1 loss in Oakland or something like that, where you have a starting pitcher that doesn't go very deep into the game... The offense doesn't do a, do a ton and you know get guys on base, score a lot of runs. Not a whole lot to talk about. Last night's game was not one of those games. We have plenty to sink our teeth into today. So if there's if any good came out of yesterday's ball game, it, it is the fact that uh, we're going to be able to fill probably an entire podcast just talking about what was a wild one uh, at Comerica Park yesterday. It was a win. The Tigers won 8 to 7 against the Kansas City Royals. They now have a win streak going. They're, uh, they've won two in a row, which is nice. Yesterday, at points, especially near the end, started to feel like a loss, but the Tigers did pull it out. Uh, through seven innings, I thought that th- that this was the best game the Tigers had played uh, all season. No runs were scored through the first three frames. Big reason for that was the pitching. I'm going to talk about Matthew Boyd in just a second. but The Tigers came alive in the fourth inning, scoring th- four runs off of Brady Singer, and I like Brady Singer a lot. I think Brady Singer is going to be a special talent in Kansas City. I don't know how high... His ceiling is given the fact that, uh, you know, he's not he's not a hard throw Not necessarily a power arm, though. that does, yeah, Maybe he is, because I've seen that sinker get up to, to 96, 97. But, you know, he's a sinker ball pitcher. Very high ground ball rate, as I brought up in my postgame video. um You live by that and you die by that. And, and in the fourth inning yesterday, uh, he got bapped uh, a little bit. Some seeing-eye singles, you know, a, a play in the outfield that probably could have been a single that turned into a triple uh, on a diving play. But it, here's the thing about that, though. um. It's the Tigers learning that there is an advantage to not striking out 10 times a game. And I know that in this age of analytics, which is an age that I'm very much a part of, uh, strikeouts are not deemed as, uh, they aren't as much of a negative Uh, as they used to be it used to be in the in the you know 60s 70s 80s that if you struck out a lot you're you know you were you were ostracized people just thought you were terrible nowadays there's there's guys who strike out 150 175 times a year that are considered uh, very good hitters but here's the thing about that 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 I think kind of goes overlooked strikeouts for the player aren't as much of a negative as they used to be but strikeouts for the team are like you could take any individual player and say, Hey, you know what? That guy's that guy strikes out a lot, but at least he gets on base, at least that guy hits for power. You know, he's not grounding in a double, into double plays all the time. But when you look at an entire lineup of guys who are striking out all the time, that is a detriment because you realized last night, especially against a good pitcher like Singer. Good things happen when you put the ball in play. There's a reason why power arms and strikeout arms are viewed as as the most valuable commodities uh, in baseball in regards to pitching, because uh, you don't run into the possibility of seeing eye singles. You don't run into the possibility of errors if you're striking guys out. Now, of course, there's the whole dropped third strike thing, but that happens what once every 100 strikeouts. For the most part, that's why power arms are so valuable, because fewer balls are put in play. Against guys like that, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time. But eventually, if you avoid striking out, eventually good things are going to happen to you at some point. And they did yesterday. Tigers had a seven nothing lead in this ball game through five innings. They had a seven nothing lead through seven innings. And the big reason why they held what I still think is a pretty darn good Royals lineup in check is that Matthew Boyd was brilliant. Once again, this is the best baseball he's ever pitched. His ERA is now down to one nine four, and really, he's had one bad start. He had that one outing where he had the knee injury and gave up two runs over an in- in- inning. Plus, other than that, he's been probably a top five ten pitcher in-, in the American League, if not all of baseball. He's giving him innings. He's throwing strikes. He's keeping the ball in the park. I mean, that to be honest, that's the biggest difference. This is a guy who, for each of the last two seasons led baseball in home runs, given up. He's given up one home run so far this season. He's finally put it all together, and, and as I mentioned uh, yesterday uh, after the game as well, what I love is that he's becoming a jack-of-all-trades type of pitcher. A Swiss Army Knife pitcher is, is, is the, the definition I used. You know, you watch a pitcher like Garrett Cole, everyone focuses on uh, his velocity. Oh man, look at the look at that fastball. And, and it's impressive, right? That is that is a pitch that at any point in account you could just pull out of your back pocket and you would probably be able to get a swing and miss on it. But what makes somebody like Garrett Cole or a Verlander in his prime so impressive is that you had the fastball, uh, and if you were trying to sit on the fastball, that would be the moment in which he would bring out the breaking ball. He'd throw the curveball, he'd throw the slider, and then you think you could adjust to those and bang, you, you get a changeup and you're swinging and missing at strike three. Matt Boyd is not necessarily getting a ton of swings and misses with uh, all four of his pitches, but he's throwing them all for strikes. And good things happen when you throw those pitches for strikes. You get a lot of weak contact. Like five strikeouts over six innings yesterday. His command wasn't like impeccable. Did have two walks, got behind in a few counts, but when hitters have such a difficult time squaring you up because they don't know what you're gonna throw good things end up happening you end up getting good results you get weak pop-ups you get weekly hit ground balls Matthew Boyd looks absolutely fantastic right now and um yeah I'm gonna be uh, knocking the door down about this already and I think I discussed it uh, a few starts ago but if he pitches like this or somewhere close to this, because this is better than how he pitched in 2019, I believe through May, through mid May in 2019, I want to say he had a 2.85 ERA. I think his ERA reached its lowest point after a six inning start against the Baltimore Orioles. He's a million times better now than he was at this point two seasons ago. This is not a competitive baseball team. And and Matthew Boyd, outside of being probably the best person in baseball, great clubhouse guy. And Matt Boyd is a guy who could help a, a, a team. I mean, let's look at the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, Kluber has pitched better lately, but once you get beyond that, I don't think Jamison Tyone is the answer there. A lot of question marks. I'm not a big Domingo, Domingo Hermann fan either. Like, that's a team that could use a Matt Boyd and has the farm system to be able to trade for a Matt Boyd. I still believe, even despite as good as he's pitching, uh, his value will never be higher than it was two years ago because of the contract, and uh, I still agree with that, but this Tigers team is not close to competing, and they're going to get rid of some of a few assets uh, at, at the deadline. And that's going to make some people angry because we just keep the wheels spinning with this rebuild. But you got to do what's best uh, for the future right now. And, and Matt Boyd may be on the move at some point. He's pitching well enough to be a guy who could be a hot commodity at the deadline. I don't want to focus on that all right now because he's been so brilliant. I am really happy that he's, he's put it all together. I think the influence of Chris Fetter, Fetter has done wonders for him, uh, honestly. So uh, good for Matthew Boyd. There was still a lot more game to be played, and we're going to talk about that in segment number two. We'll be right back. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robinhood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added the baseball to the platform so check it out today making money with sports trade is as simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors one their statistical performance and two good old supply and demand Baby, when you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you'd like. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the how it works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. The Improved Bilt Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Bilt Bars are healthy. Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. So through seven innings, everything was uh, coming up Millhouse. It was seven nothing Tigers. They were rolling, and then uh, briefcase Joe Jimenez came in. And, and I've I've tried to avoid. I've talked about uh, how bad he is because you know he, he's he's in a public forum, but. But I've tried to avoid really digging into him because it's obvious that his stuff just is not very sharp right now. Uh, He's—it's not, not like he's not trying. This isn't a Bruce Rondone situation necessarily. But two-thirds of an inning, two hits, three runs, two walks, and two strikeouts. You know, I do not blame AJ for using him. It's a seven-nothing game. You got to believe that this guy can you know, hold a lead. Or, or, or make sure that this still isn't a game, because it wasn't a game. It was 7-0 when he came in. It was a good test for him, and he failed that test. And you can't at this point, and they're going to because they don't care, you can't claim to have respect for yourself as an organization and put this guy on the 40-man roster. I don't know how many options they have left with him. Even if they send him down, I, I can't imagine he wouldn't clear waivers. Um, I mean, Buck Farmer as a pitcher has had far more success Uh, Than Joe Jimenez has or at least he's been more stable and consistent than Joe Jimenez has he cleared waivers so my guess is Jimenez would probably be in the same boat his ERA is 43.20 right now people that's a really high ERA for for, in layman's terms that's very high I just I, I I know the guy's trying and I do feel bad for him because something got lost in translation. And maybe there was an undisclosed injury that we never knew about. But I do believe that this guy could have been an explosive reliever at some point. Uh, he's unpitchable right now. Like, to me, last night was his last stand. Where if you can't uh, make keep this thing within arm's reach in a 7 nothing game, then get out of here. Um, and, and I'm ripping Jimenez. I could probably be ripping Jose Cisnero more. I mean, he was the guy who really blew it two-thirds of an inning. Four hits, four runs, one earned run, zero walks, and two strikeouts. His ERA is 6.43. I guess I'm just tougher on Jimenez because you're, you're playing with house money with Cisnero. I mean, Cisnero was picked up uh, out of nowhere two years ago. I, I don't even know if Al Avila knew that, that he was a pitcher. I, I, I'm under the impression he saw this guy, you know, just skipping rocks one day. And Avila went, hey, you got a fastball? Hey, yeah, you want to be on a major league team? Go ahead. And he's, hey, he's had some moments, right? His stuff isn't terrible. You know it's kind of a nice story anyway, but again he's been struggling. And, and you bring him in in a four nothing game, uh, you got to be able to close it down. And yes, you had a bad error um, at shortstop by Nico Goodrum that would have ended the game, but that's one of those instances where where I, I know it's an error and I know three of those runs are unearned, but you got to get out of that inning. You need one more out. You end up giving up four runs. The Royals tie the game. Uh, going into the ninth inning, uh, this thing really had all the ingredients of a loss, didn't it? I mean, you could really see it coming. And then, to their credit, and I do give them a fair amount of credit for this, they found a way to battle back, they got some runners on base, and then Robbie Grossman, who had a phenomenal game yesterday uh, with five RBIs, including a a basis-clearing triple, a sack fly, and then a walk-off rbi single off of a scott barlow Uh, scott barlow looked really bad and i've seen him be good in the past but you could tell he was he was saying to himself i'm about to give up a walk-off hit he just didn't look comfortable at all yesterday and the tigers rally for a victory you know in the moment that was one of those games where in the moment and i have this a moment like probably two three times a year you might think it's more but really it's only two three times because uh, I, I consider myself very privileged for what I'm, I'm allowed to do in the platform that uh, I'm given. But that was one of those times that happens every so often where I just say, what, what, what are we doing here? I even, I said to the people in the locked on group chat, I said I deserve a raise. Everyone does. Every beat writer should get a nice, a nice gift bag walking out. That that they have to watch this, because there's no other team in baseball that was capable of doing what they did last night to blow a seven-run lead in a game. The Royals like had given up. They put in their subs. They were sitting Salvador Perez because they knew the game was over, and they still came back and tied it. Irvin Santana was just, you know, coming out of the pen, trying to give him some innings. You know, he's on the very, very end of his career. I forgot he was still in the league. I thought maybe he retired. He's throwing out three scoreless just to save their bullpen because the game was over, except it wasn't. This is a bit of a sidebar, but for, for any person who complains about something like swinging on a 3-0 count when, you're, when you have a big lead or something like that, that is why that stuff is nonsense. Because no game, especially when you have a bullpen that is at, as much of a gas fire as the Tigers is right now, no game is ever over. No game is ever out of reach. We proved that yesterday. Tigers were able to battle back. Robbie Grossman has looked a lot better lately. Again, he's been one of those guys where you've always felt like the numbers are going to see an uptick at some point because he sees a lot of pitches and because he does get on base. Like the Robbie Grossman that they have right now is probably a reflection of the Robbie Grossman they're going to have at the end of the year. Right now he's got a 233 average and a seven fifty-two OPS. That's probably what he'll have near the end of the year and probably what he'll maintain throughout the rest of the season. That's the player that he is. And that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, especially uh, in the leadoff spot. I mean, you get five uh, ribbies Uh, out of your leadoff spot, you got a guy who's doing something right. So it was a win. Before I preview uh, today's game, uh, Casey Mize on the mound, or actually, I'm sorry, tonight's game with Casey Mize on the mound, do want to talk a little bit, just a tad, about uh, some minor league action that's gone down. Matt Manning seems to have a bit of a home run problem uh, in AAA right now. I believe he's he's given up five in two starts so far this season. Okay, This is not going to happen, but here is my opinion, where I stand on Matt Manning's current situation. I think Chris Fetter is doing a phenomenal job in Detroit right now. I know the bullpen is terrible, but you're talking about guys who, if you can't get one good inning out of a guy, like that doesn't fall on a pitching coach. That just falls on the pitcher. Uh, You pay attention more so to what they're doing with the starters and Urania has been a genuine surprise Matt Boyd is pitching the best baseball of his career I know Mize has had his struggles when his command has been bad but when he's been good he's been pretty darn good uh, a seemed to have lost it and then his last start I thought he was really darn good and then found it Michael Fulmer has had a nice little resurgence especially out of the pen I mean small sample size but Kyle Funkhauser has pitched some good baseball out of the pen in limited action Chris Fetter's doing a really wonderful job now this is not going to happen it's wishful thinking but in my opinion, I don't think Matt Manning has much to prove in the minor leagues anymore. I know he has not pitched a ton in AAA, but I wonder if it's a detriment to him at this point keeping him down in the minor leagues and not calling him up and seeing what Chris Fetter can do with him at the Major League level. Now, he's got to pitch better down in, in Toledo or else he's not going to get called up. I understand that. Give him a few more starts. He's a very frustrating pitcher. He'll probably be the most frustrating of the three uh, players we talk about from the three-headed monster with Myers Manning and Scooball because everyone talks about his ceiling, everyone talks about his stuff, but I've seen Matt Manning... Outside of double A, I'm talking in spring training against major league hitters and in triple A, I've seen Matt Manning pitch bad more than I've seen him pitch well. Now he'll have these isolated moments, these single innings or these two innings of work where you watch him and you say, that guy can be an all-star pitcher tomorrow. And then he'll have an inning where he's only throwing fastballs and he's giving up hard contact and home run. He still has a ton to work on. I just wonder if he would be better suited working on it under the tutelage of of somebody like fetter than he would uh, down in AAA. Just food th- food for thought. It's not going to happen, obviously, but something worth, uh, worth discussing a little bit here. So that'll do it for segment number two. When I get back in segment number three, we're going to preview tonight's game. Casey Mize versus Danny Duffy. Pretty good matchup. We're going to talk about that when we return. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Back for segment number three seven ten ball game tonight at Comerica Park. On the mound for the Kansas City Royals is Danny Duffy. He comes in with a four and two record and a one two six ERA with forty strikeouts on the season. This, of course, the comes from MLB.com. Duffy scattered eight hits in five and two-thirds innings in last Thursday's loss to the Indians, allowing three runs with one walk and six strikeouts. It wasn't his best start of the year, but that's because he's been the Royals' most reliable starter so far. I know the Royals are really scuffling. Uh, They've lost, I believe, nine in a row now, but one of the big reasons for their resurgence early in the season was because of the fact that they were getting some, some length out of their starters Danny Duffy has really struggled I mean I remember watching this guy in 2016 and saying man this guy might have like Cy Young caliber stuff I mean he, he once they moved him fully to the rotation I thought he was great struggled in the latter part of that season and has not really been able to put it uh, together since then injuries have, have contributed to that but he's, he's, had a, he's had a resurgence so far this season the stuff looks really sharp he's getting swings and misses with his off speed stuff the fastball is still uh, pretty good in the mid 90s stuff is fine uh, he is not going to have a one ERA uh, the remainder of the year I can tell you that let's uh let's bump up that ERA tonight and hopefully get some runs against him on the mound for the Tigers is Casey Mize he's one and three with a 4-4-1 ERA 23 strikeouts on the season Mize has tossed back-to-back quality starts without a win to show for it thank you bullpen thank you offense, including six innings of one-run ball in Boston last Wednesday. Before those quality starts, he gave up six runs on seven hits and four and two-thirds innings against the Royals on April 23rd. That was his worst start of the season. He has a really nice opportunity here to, one, uh, beat a a pitcher who's having a really good year, which would be nice, and two, bounce back. Now, he's been very good his last two outings, 12 innings of work, only four earned runs, but I'm talking about bouncing back against this lineup because he was very bad against the Royals that was his worst start of the season cuz i look at his numbers i say man 4 4 1 era it's weird cuz he's had some, he's had some good starts the problem is when he, the problem is when he's bad uh, he's been really really bad and he was very bad in that outing against the Royals he just couldn't find the zone and ended up uh, leaving a lot of pitches over the heart of the plate and ended up getting pounded there in the 5th inning when the when the floodgates uh, kind of opened I've talked about wanting to see consistency with the starters. We've seen it with Matt Boyd. We've seen now, you know, I know he had that one outing in Chicago, but really five out of six really great starts out of Matthew Boyd. Uh, Casey Mize has had two solid starts in a row. I know six innings, three earned isn't amazing, but I thought he pitched pretty darn well uh, against Chicago two starts ago, and I thought he was great against Boston last time out. Let's make it three in a row because that's where, where these you start to see these pitchers kind of blossom is when they have – a good month. When they have three good starts in a row, you start to see this guy as not just a, a future piece, but a current piece. Michael Fulmer was that way, where struggled a little bit out of the gate, and then all of a sudden he had a month where he stopped giving up runs in, in, in 2016, and he was brilliant basically for the remainder of that season, winning Rookie of the Year. Let's see that from Mize tonight. If there was one thing about his last outing that I felt like needed to be uh, corrected a little bit, He's got to he's got to find that splitter. I, I thought what made his last start in Boston so impressive was the fact that he didn't really have his number one uh, wipeout pitch, and yet he was still able to grind and only gave up one one run over six innings uh, six innings against a really good lineup. I want to see him get some swings and misses with the splitter again, and and a lot of that starts with getting ahead uh, in counts and keeping guys on their toes. Should be an interesting one. A really good opportunity for Mize to hopefully beat a good pitcher and for the Tigers to potentially pick up a series win. So. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. You can follow this show on Twitter, at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Looks like the Apple Podcast issue is fixed, so I appreciate all of your cooperation there. I'll be right back here tomorrow recapping uh, tonight's game with Mize on the mound and previewing the next game in the series against the Kansas City Royals. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.